0: Welcome back to our Life Group Leaders Lounge podcast. We've been a little bit on a break, but we're back and ready to go, back in action. Uh, My name is Brooks, and I'm joined by my awesome co host, Raquel. What's up, Raquel and Brayden? What's up? And our special guest, Pastor Carter. Carter, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Fun to be here. Awesome. We're glad that you're here with us. So, hey, this semester we are doing something new here at our church. Uh, We are trying to figure out a way to equip and inspire leaders Mm -hmm. to be serving in their communities and to be connecting with others outside of their life group. Um, And that's something that we've been talking about as a life group team of like, how do we help our leaders get out there and start, um, serving other people really well. And so we, one thing we do really well at our church is we do a really good job of connecting people with God. And we do a great job of developing great community within our life groups, but we've realized, man, there's something missing there. It's that outward focus. How can we get what's happening inside of our group to change the lives of people outside of our group? And so no. that's something we're going to be talking
1: about this semester. Well, and I mean, first of all, I think a lot of churches struggle with this kind of schism or divide between, you know, we have community or Bible study kind of elements to our church for growth and relationships, but then we have like outreach. And so they're trying to get you to participate in both wings of what the church is doing. But what we're trying to say and uh, trying to help pioneer for other churches too is like, how can we bring alignment to that? How can we bring it so that the very people you're growing with and have fellowship with are the same people also that you're serving with?
2: So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: absolutely, absolutely, and so, Carter,
0: we're pumped you're here because we know that you have an incredible heartbeat for being involved in your community, serving other people, and just having a missional mindset. You know, so, um, you know, so why don't we get started, Carter? Why don't you tell us when did that switch flip for you, where mm-hmm. you're like, man, I can't just do the Bible study, I can't just read my Bible by myself, I need to be serving. How did that change for you?
2: Yeah, I was sitting at a conference listening to a great speaker, an author, a guy that I love following, Michael Frost. And uh, he asked this question that I'd never heard before. He said, If your church would have to suddenly shut down and close its doors, would anyone in your community even notice? Other than people in your church, would anyone even care? Would they just, they don't even know you came and went, or they're excited there's a free building now opened Mm. up? And I just got these chills in that moment. It just, hit me and he went on to talk about you know that's what the church used to do i mean back the book of acts and even some of the early centuries and all over europe and these places i mean they didn't have government programs because the churches took care of Mm, people had leprosy and then people are quarantined the christians are the only ones who went in and took care of them and you know they're leaving babies on the doorsteps the christians go take them in as orphans and care for them and somewhere along the way but that got lost somewhat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I like to say sometimes it can be easy for churches to act more like a country club where, you know, it's just the members that are there love it and pay their dues and hope to get their membership benefits. And that's just such a far cry from what you read in yeah. Acts and, again, what the church used to be. So I was just driven with this. Man, we have to add value to our community. Yeah. And we can. We still can, you know. And so, so how, how do we do that? How do we be a place where the schools would really miss? you and the local musicians would miss Mm -hmm. you and the people that are struggling with divorce or grief or going through addictions would miss you because they found healing there and the teenagers would miss you and the schools would and the first responders Mm -hmm. and list goes on so just you know that that idea of uh let's live out our faith tangibly Mm -hmm. so that's good yeah super Mm
0: -hmm. inspirational um, and having the privilege of working at this campus and with you, I see that, in it, in it, um, and we want it to trickle down through our groups. And so why is it so valuable uh, to serve, to be the church, which you kind of just talked about, and how can that apply to groups? Why is it valuable for specifically groups to be serving?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think two big things. One is it really actually accomplishes the mission of doing that, and second, that it makes your group better. So it accomplishes the mission because, well, that's how Jesus did it. He wasn't just the bottleneck for all outreach to happen. That's how Jesus did it. That's my uh, answer. Right? Yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> the, the trick. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah, but you know, he's all about multiplication. He didn't say everything has to run through me. He sent out the 72 in pairs, mini groups, I mm-hmm. guess, and uh, you know, let them do all the serving and so by the time he uh left at the end of the gospels he didn't leave behind all that many people, but he left behind uh, groups of people that could go and do this and multiply it into others. And so how that plays out at the church level is, you know, we all work super hard to plan outreaches our campus. And man, you could get probably one or two a month. If you're really working hard, maybe two a month. You'd be pretty tired, but you know, and so you could get, man, 12 to 24 kind of things done in the year. That's incredible. Not a lot of churches are doing that. But if you got all 100 life groups here, doing it a few times a year, wow. you'd be averaging like one a day eventually just by groups of yeah. people do it together. So it's just the power of multiplication, yeah. exponential. But then on the other side too, yeah, then it just makes your group better. I mean, I love sitting in a circle in the living room talking about the by one, how it applies to our life for sure. That's why I do groups and I always do it. But if that's all we ever do... Then, then we're just making Christians that are just smarter and risk becoming a little more inward focused. And so when your group's out serving together, now it, you know, it, it drives how closely connected they are as people hmm. in the military you know. Yeah. I mean, when you're in the trenches with someone, man, yes. there's a whole different bond than, we've had a lot of good discussions together. Yeah. It's way different, we were on the front lines together. And I think it drives the urgency because when you get out and start serving people, it's messy now yes, you're like, wait, what does God want me to do? But I can't wait to get to life group because I need to go ask them because someone asked me a really hard question. Or I didn't know what to do when I walked by this homeless guy. I didn't know what to do when the school asked me to do this, but I don't know if that's something we should do. Now it's like I just can't wait to get to life group because I, I want to discover this stuff together. So it drives the urgency yeah. to it. And you want to celebrate it with them. Uh, so, yeah, it, it just adds so much more of a depth than just discussion alone could do.
1: I kind of have a follow-up on that. Yeah. yeah, And, and, you know, if any of you guys have questions too, but follow-up on that, like, I mean... It it sounds like, and I've experienced this too, so I'd love to hear your experience, that when you serve together, it actually influences the kind of discussions you have at life group.
2: Yeah. And so do you have any cool story Mm -hmm. or
1: insight on that as well?
2: Yeah. I mean, to me, it makes me think of, I don't know if this is a dumb analogy or not, but I I made it up and I've used it. Was uh, You know, I think about, like, if you told me, Carter, here's a book you really should read because it's a really important skill to have. Mm -hmm. It's called Plumbing for Dummies. And uh, you're right. Like, I really should read that. I should learn how to do plumbing because I'm probably going to need it someday somewhere along the line i could save a lot of money if i was good at it honestly i'm just not that motivated to read it right now just doesn't sound Mm -hmm. all that interesting the second something breaks in my house though and i know how expensive it's going to be you can bet i'm diving into that book to want to solve it so we can talk all about jesus has all these great words to address all these problems in society yeah cool good advice you're right Mm -hmm. i should get around to that someday but when i'm out facing it yeah now it's like I need this, man. I got to get into it. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've seen it, you know, influence the discussions. I mean, we've had a lot of good discussions in some different groups I'm in about like, okay, well, what what would Jesus do with all the homeless around our town? Mm -hmm. Would he hand out money to every single one of them? Would he ignore them all? Would he just share the gospel and not do anything to meet physical needs? What would you do? Because our people genuinely wrestle with that and feel guilty no matter what they end up doing. So what would Jesus do? So we have these kind of, you know, in-depth, right, kind of discussions. Or, you know, hey, you know, someone's going to throw a a neighborhood barbecue and, you know, hey, like, you know, can we have alcohol at it? Can I play secular music? Is it okay to Had someone ask, okay, to like do a party, but I don't pray at all the whole time they're there? Like, did God still use it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. These are great discussions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I I feel like uh, as you're talking, Carter, about
0: like the, the benefits of serving a group, I was thinking back my last semester, one of the benefits we saw was that it became a glue for us to, you know, we've been meeting in our life group for almost for some of us, almost two years together. And then when we served together, there was something different that happened. Mm-hmm. There was a, yep, like a bonding. There was a bonding. Yeah, it was a glue effect that happened where after we got done serving together, it just went in a different level with us. And I, I loved it.
2: What's yeah. that saying? Like the
0: family that plays together stays together. life yeah. that yeah, serves yeah. together yeah. <laughs> right? stays, stays together. together. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many benefits. And maybe we could even do a whole other podcast just on the yeah. benefits of getting through serving. But yeah, you know, I'm, just to kind of go with what you're saying, Carter, it's like when you get out there and serve, you're also opening yourself up to the Lord to see God work through you in the lives of other people. So you could talk about it and you could hear other people tell stories about it. But when you actually get out there and you're standing in front of a homeless guy mm-hmm. and you're praying to God, what should I say right now? What can I do to help this person? And then you sense in your heart, God leading you Man, that's that's transformational in your relationship with God. I mean, to, to actually see God use you, that builds you up. That 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 builds your group up. So yeah. serving is just life-changing. But you life have to actually changing. get to that vulnerable point first. Oh, you know, for sure. You have to make that step. Like yeah. you said, you can sit in the living room and, and talk about things we do actually have to yeah.
2: yeah and I mean, then it drives you to pray more it drives sure, the group to sure. they start to be generous they don't need some talk from a pastor to do it like they're like what am I going to do to just help this neighbor you know yeah. if, yeah, if sure. you're serving the local soccer team that all the people's kids in the group are on mm. you're coming up with the ideas together you start praying for the parents you realize some of them are single parents okay what can we do to bless them so now the generosity is flowing and you're discussing ideas. And yeah, none of that happens if it's just Bible study only, so... And I must say, for all yeah.
1: of you guys who are listening, it, well, the cool thing about having Pastor Carter on here, if you don't know him personally, we do. And he lives this out, guys. This is not something he just talks about. Mm-hmm. Man, it, he is living it out. He, his life is writing the book on the subject. So just I have a lot of respect for you, man, and how you really implement this and you. Uh, how you really are for your community. And um, you know, it reminds me of something you talked about in the training. We recently had a Life Group Leaders training. Carter yeah. was the keynote speaker. Yeah. Yeah, thank he you. did a great job. We got great feedback. And you know you, you use this awesome comparison between a starfish and a spider, and I think this is yeah. so memorable. So can you just like tell people about this? A yeah,
2: yeah. I, I I didn't come up with it, but I'll but I'll take it from some of the great stuff. Right <laughs> there you it. go. But but yeah. But if you think about uh, you know what a spider is like, that if you uh, cut off the head of a spider, uh, it instantly dies. Thank God. Yep. Right. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, God. It's okay. God's okay with you killing spiders. So, and uh, and then, but if you think about a starfish, I mean, how do you how do you take out a starfish? If you actually cut off, it doesn't have a head, and if you cut off one arm, and yes, this is true science fact of the day. It actually grows a whole new starfish, wow. and it does that Crazy. because every cell of the starfish has the full DNA That's of cool. the starfish really within cool. it. And people have seen a ton of examples of this uh, businesses where it's like you know the founder was this incredible guy when he's gone the business just starts to fail right because eventually people retire and happens in church world sadly sometimes and pastors are either failing morally or just decide to retire and now the church is never as impactful you cut off the head and it's gone but you think about the things that have done really well in the world like the internet um, there's no head to cut off <laughs> I mean, the internet, there's no president of the internet. There's no headquarters. It just, because it exists in ways that are hard to explain right now, but it exists on all these separate kind of nodes and they can carry it. So I think about with Jesus, if Jesus had built it, I mean, obviously the church is built on him. He's the cornerstone, but ministry and being the kingdom, he doesn't have to be here in the flesh and blood to do it. Otherwise, as right. soon as he floated up into heaven at the beginning of Acts, like, well, oh, that's it. I guess ministry died. Jesus isn't here anymore to do it. But now each jesus follower has the full dna of jesus Mm -hmm. in them through the spirit of christ yeah right yeah yeah Yeah, we call it the holy spirit so yeah so we love that idea so i think you know even our job as as pastors and stuff it's not that we have to like i said before we can become the bottleneck where we plan every outreach that's okay place to start like we don't mind people get their feet wet we're always going to plan them as a church so serve with us but the the real power will come when it's like hey you're released to yeah. go do this you are sent as a starfish i like to tell uh, you know people on my team like you know i think what would be really fun is when our job becomes we're not just plan try to execute everything we're here to coach you be your storyteller after it happens yeah. cheerlead you on resource if you're like yeah. I need I need a canopy I need a bounce house can I borrow some tables and throw a neighborhood here you go just just take stuff from the church all you want tell us the story afterwards and we'll celebrate with lots of people mm-hmm. and like that becomes fun you know I kind of heard it as like the difference between a movie director and a movie producer you know so movie director directs every shot here's how you he should say the line here's where the camera should be here's the lighting the producer their job is just to kind of raise the money pull all the right people together and then kind of mm-hmm. let the thing go and kind of coach it as it goes so yeah we just want people to know that you're you are empowered i mean jesus says in john twenty twenty one, as the father has sent me so i am sending you so mm-hmm. you are all sent it's not just the pastors not paid church staff not just overseas missionaries if you're a follower of Jesus, I like to say, if you're, uh, your conversion is your commissioning. So mm-hmm. if you're a follower of Jesus, then yeah, you're commissioned, you're sent. You don't need to wonder, am I one of those people that's supposed to do this? Yes, you are. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Yeah. definitely. Well, Carter, it's been awesome to have you on
0: this podcast today. Thank you so much. Yeah. So if you're a life group leader out here listening to this, you're maybe on the life group leadership team. Uh, We just encourage you as a team to be praying this semester for where God is going to lead you. Start asking your group, how can we serve? How can we get out there and be Jesus in our neighborhood? And uh, just wait to see what God's going to do because he's going to do some amazing things through you. So thank you so much. We'll look forward to seeing you next time.